Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hey, podcast listeners, Amy Irvine here, CEO and financial planner and co-owner of Rooted Planning Group. Thank you so much for joining us yet again today. This week, we are going to be digging into estate planning once again. So it's episode two of estate planning. If you missed it last week, uh, we started a whole new series around estate planning. First episode, we talked about estate planning basics. I gave an overview of estate planning, uh, the documents generally included, and and the importance of the getting that part of your financial plan done. If you missed it, hop on back and listen to episode uh, one of the series uh, from last week. And um, before we get into this episode, I always I want to just give the disclosure: I'm not an attorney. Uh, I cannot provide legal advice, and I'd love to thank Encore States and their team for providing me with a great deal of the guidance and educational language used in today's podcast. So today we're going to be talking about beneficiaries, wills, and probate. But before we go there, I'm staying with my theme. My winery pick of the week is a, a winery called Rooted Souls Winery. You might recall last week I said I did a whole Google search of any wineries that also had the name Rooted in them. Just love to have the play of Rooted Planning Group supporting wineries with the name Rooted in there. Came across Rooted Souls Winery. It says it's liquid art crafted from Washington's terroir, and uh, which excites me, by the way. If you recall last year, I went out to Oregon, absolutely loved it. We also spent a little bit of time in Washington. What interested me, and I'm going to have to order from their website, was a Sangiovese Rosé. They have a 2021 Sangiovese Rosé. I'm just that intrigued the heck out of me. So I'm going to have to go out and uh, order some of that from their website just to give it a, a try. For those of you that don't know, uh, Sangiovese Rosé or Sangiovese is a uh, grape that is predominantly Chianti. So if you're a Chianti fan, you would love Sangiovese or probably would. Anyway. So digging in off from that topic and digging into uh, wills, probate, beneficiaries, this is a really, really important topic. And I think if there's not one thing that you do, I want you to create a beneficiary anniversary. I call it a Benny anniversary because I think watching your beneficiaries or checking on your beneficiaries is one of the most critical estate planning 
um, tasks that you should do every single year. We think, oh, nothing has changed. But honestly, it's really critical I think, for you to review that. There's a number of ways to leave money to family members and friends and charities, right? So the beneficiary is the way that you do that. We'll walk through a few of those different uh, aspects of doing it and how to maybe even simplify the process. But the one thing that I would love for you to do if you don't work with us already and you haven't done this is to create a spreadsheet, a piece of paper. I don't, it doesn't have to be a spreadsheet. It can just be a piece of paper with all your accounts on it. Something where you list all of the accounts that you own, even your bank accounts, who is on the account with you, if anybody, and who is the named beneficiary and who is the contingent beneficiary as well. So when you think about naming beneficiaries, there's different types of accounts that we can put beneficiaries on, right? So retirement accounts are one of them. If you have any kind of retirement account, including a 4K through work or IRA, you were likely asked to name a beneficiary. If you designated a beneficiary and completed all the associated steps, the assets to your retirement accounts will pass to those beneficiaries according to IRS rules. And some of that stuff has changed. So it's important to make sure that you know what those are too. Upon your death, the money would go to them. In other words, the assets in these accounts will pass um, by by law, meaning that they would bypass probate because they're going to go directly to the beneficiaries. However, the way your beneficiaries will be able to access the funds and the amount of tax they'll pay will vary depending on so many different factors. So that's why it's an important discussion point. Sometimes we'll have one child who might be in a lower tax bracket receive more of the IRA assets. And then another child who's in a high tax bracket, if you have life insurance received, life insurance proceeds. Life insurance itself, when you purchase life insurance, you must name a beneficiary to receive the potential payout in case you die. You can name primary and secondary beneficiaries or contingent beneficiaries. So for instance, your primary beneficiary might be your spouse, but if your spouse were to die before you, the secondary beneficiary would receive the payout when you die. And like retirement accounts, life insurance does not go through probate. Unless you forget to name beneficiaries, please don't forget to name beneficiaries on those accounts. These payouts go directly to the named beneficiaries without the intervention of the courts and are separate from your will. Another way that you can name beneficiaries is through your will. It's a legal document spelling out your wishes, right? And, and I mentioned that in the last podcast that I did. This includes the distribution of your assets when you have a will. When you will your assets to someone, they're the primary beneficiary. So after you die, the executor of your will contacts the beneficiaries to notify them of their inheritance and handle the logistics. Similar to a 401k plan, you might ha even have a for uh, pension and or an annuity. And whether these policies have beneficiaries depends on how they were structured. For instance, some annuities, the benefits stop when you die. However, other policies have a death benefit provision that allows for the policy owner to leave money to the beneficiary. And of course, that's policy by policy. Pensions, on the other hand, commonly pay out some kind of benefit. If you don't name a beneficiary, this benefit could be determined by the terms of the pension plan or by the state that you live in. So it's important to name the beneficiaries as well as a contingent beneficiary just to keep the names current. Sometimes people will uh, also have a trust as a way of naming beneficiaries and a living trust, sometimes called a revocable trust, 
can have can simplify the process too of wealth transfer if you want to leave an inheritance and maybe you don't want everybody to know about it. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. In this scenario, you might transfer all your assets into your trust and and name the trust as a beneficiary for both your life insurance and your retirement accounts. Um, an estate planning attorney will talk to you about whether or not that's the right answer for you and make sure that the language in the trust is is, is good language, especially for those retirement assets as it passes through. Then instead of detailing beneficiaries and contingent beneficiaries for every account, policy, and asset, you simply just set up a, a plan for your trust. For instance, you might specify that your trust be divided equally among all your kids and place age restrictions on when they might be able to access money. That's one of the benefits of the trust. And during your trust um, or doing your trust in that way uh, can also make it easier to update your beneficiaries following major life events like having a child or getting married or, you know, anything like that. The types of controls um, that we think about or the type of control isn't generally available when you simply name a beneficiary for um, type, for other type accounts. So if you have questions about you know how, how you might use a trust um, to name your beneficiaries or the inheritance side of it. It's it's really important for you to talk with legal counsel on some of that. I think uh, because there might be special circumstances because it can't. It's not some people we say um, you know just just make sure your beneficiaries are up to date. Well, if there's complications like blended families and stuff like that, sometimes it's a little more challenging. And so, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a will is a legal document spelling out your wishes and including the distributions of your assets. When you will your assets to someone, they're a beneficiary of your will, and after you die, the executor. Love your will will pay out those beneficiaries um, based on what's in your overall estate. That process is actually called probate. So many of our clients don't know exactly what probate is and a lot are adverse to it. They're like, I don't want to have to go through probate. It's so expensive. Maybe. So when we're thinking about probate, I want to take a step back and kind of walk through it. Like I said, many people think it's bad, but it isn't necessarily always bad. If you've never had a loved one die, you may never have experienced it, but probate is a legal process in which a will is basically validated. If there's no will, then it's the legal process of settling a person's affair and they would get appointed as an administrator, possibly, um, instead of uh, an executor. So how probate works, the process and when it's it's required varies by state. So again, that's something that you really need to look into. In some states like California, probate is automatic. It involves several steps, including getting a death certificate, identifying an executor or administrator for the state, identifying assets, paying expenses like debt or taxes, when notifying or paying beneficiaries. If there's a will, the judge also validates the will. And for a will to be valid, it usually has to have witnesses. Sometimes the witnesses must appear at probate and sometimes they can sign an affidavit affidavit at the same time the will is is signed instead obviously you know if it's a state that requires the witnesses to appear at probate you want to make sure that you're keeping up on who you've named as witnesses in the on the document as well because if somebody passes away then they wouldn't be able to serve as a witness uh, when you're trying to get go through that process. Um, when there's a will in place, it usually identifies the executor assets and the beneficiaries, as well as 
any outstanding debts and obligations. This can make uh, the probate process easier. However, it also is possible that someone may contest the will. A child or somebody may object if a new spouse is named as executor, for example. Uh, We've seen those situations happen. The executor's job is um, sometimes very easy, uh, but sometimes it's very involved and uh, it really depends on the overall estate. When the executor, uh, well, you know, when the executor is named, it may not be a complicated estate, but then later in life, it may become complicated. And while they might be named in the will and in someone related to the deceased, um, like a spouse, an executor may also be a professional or appointed by the court if there's some reason why there would be any controversy over it. Perhaps, you know, somebody else serves as the executor. It's the executor's job to take stock of the descendant's assets. Um, it's They want to include any that aren't listed or disclosed in the will, as well as those that are listed. Uh, They want to make sure those that are listed in the will still exist. And in most cases, this is a pretty simple process, particularly if the deceased uh, individual had an estate plan in place. The executor is also responsible for taking control of the assets during the probate process in order uh, to protect those assets, especially if there ends up being any kind of dispute. And the executor may be responsible for hiring an appraiser to look at the death value of certain assets. Though sometimes the court will appoint an appraiser independent of the executor altogether. Uh, In addition to gathering the assets, the executor must also notify the creditors that a death has occurred. That includes the bank if um, if the deceased had a mortgage, but it also includes publishing the obituary so that any unknown creditors have the opportunity to come forward. Finally, the executor must resolve the estate, and this includes paying off debts and challenging any um, any of the views as unfair and divvying up uh, assets to the beneficiaries. If the will specifically, if the will specifies assets that go to minors, the executor must be instructed to set up trusts for those assets or custodian accounts or something. So, who pays for probate? As you can imagine, the probate process can take time to complete and may require lawyers, um, court appearances, or both. If this occurs, the legal fees are generally paid from the state. The process can go relatively quickly, but it's not uncommon to take up to a year. So in some cases, um, immediate family members who are beneficiaries can ask the court to release some of the funds during the probate process. For example, you might ask the probate judge to be reimbursed for funeral expenses for um, before the estate is actually settled. So what happens if you don't have a will? That's called intestate. If there's no will, uh, either because the decedent did not prepare one or because the court rules the one that they have to be invalid, the estate is said to be an intestate. In this case, any assets left over um, after debts are paid go to the closest living relative. Um, who that relative may be varies depending on state laws and personal circumstances. So again, that's something that you're going to need to know. And it's important to not, in my opinion, I think it's important to make it clear who you would like the assets to go to. A lot of people ask me about avoiding probate or how to avoid probate. And I always say, you know, that's illegal. That's something that's legal and I can't necessarily give advice on. But I will say that while having a will can facilitate, facilitate probate, 
It doesn't get you out of the process. Um, and, and there's maybe, I mean, there's some ways that you can name beneficiaries on all of your accounts or transfer on deaths or Totten trusts. But it is something that it, it probably is not a bad thing. And I think some people have made it out to be, it could be a lot of work. And I'm not saying that um, it shouldn't be something that you try to think through in advance. But while, like I said, while having a will can facilitate, pro- facilitate probate, it does not get you out of the process, actually. There are some assets that are exempt from pro- probate. For example, some property passes outside, as I've already mentioned, life insurance, trusts, jointly owned properties, and payable on debt. Most retirement uh, plans fall outside this category too if you're named beneficiary. And if you want to avoid the probate process and protect your financial details from becoming part of the public record, consider creating an estate plan that does you know, check all those boxes or possibly has a trust that will that way, there will still be details to be taken care of to settle your affair, but affairs, but those will fall to whomever you've named as trustee or beneficiaries versus your executor. Certainly, an attorney or we can talk through these details, including what options might make sense for you and your family when we build your financial plan, should you decide to work with us as financial planners. And we'll provide some resources in the show notes about what issues to consider when reviewing your beneficiaries and what issues to consider when creating your estate plan. Well, that's a wrap for today's shows. Thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it if you would share this with your friends and rate us on iTunes so that more people like you can find us. And I want to give a special shout out to TJ Mian at TJ Mian Media. We certainly appreciate the faux pas that he fixes and the blending that he does during the podcast stages. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.